0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that. It's a Monster Monday that we are recording on a Sunday night, which we do a lot in the off season. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. Cannot wait to talk to my main man, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. He writes the Monday Morning Quarterback column. Can't wait to hear what he's writing about tomorrow. But I have him on because of so many things he's written about recently. You know, he's not on every week like Greg Cosell or every other week, maybe like Andrew Brandt. But Albert's becoming a regular because he's just that good. I will give you the winners of the Spread the Word contest via social media, sponsor confirmation email winner, and YouTube shout-out winner on Wednesday's show. So you actually still have a couple more days to enter any of those contests. The sponsors this week, Lumen Skin, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Athletic Greens, Buck Mason. It's big show time. The big show. Albert, always appreciate you coming on the show. I think people know, follow him on social media at Albert Breer. Uh, you know what's interesting? How many columns do you write? Because you do the Monday morning quarterback, <laughs> which is amazing. But then you do Monday afternoon, yeah. But then you do like a Thursday one. How many is it at this?
2: Point? It's four. Um, it's the mailbag is one of them. Um, the Friday column, which you know during the season is a little bit more game centric. It's a little easier to organize that in the season because, like, obviously the Monday columns coming out of the games, and then you know Fridays a little bit more topical or big picture that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's a lot to manage, but uh, you know, it beats working, right, Ross? I mean, we're sitting here, and we get to cover football and. Uh, it's a a lot better than a lot of my friends' jobs, I'll tell you that.
0: That is what I always say. Check him out, of course, on social media at Albert Breer. Does stuff for NBC Boston as well as 985, the sports hub up there for those of you in Boston. All right, let's dive into it. I want to start – I definitely want to talk about what you wrote this past week about Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to talk about what you wrote about the week before about how Cleveland kind of got back in it with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, But the biggest news over the weekend uh, hit close to home for you, for sure. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely tragic. I'll talk about it more later after the interview. But Dwayne Haskins, former first-round pick, played for your college, your alma mater, Ohio mm-hmm. State, hit by a car, a truck, I suppose, and and killed – saturday morning at the age of 24 albert
2: yeah it's um you know just and i got to know dwayne a little bit but you know obviously you know it's like a little bit that's just like a reporter player relationship so what you do in a situation like this is you call the people you know best that know the person and um you know universally i i just say this ross like the people that know him best really felt like the kid was starting to turn a corner. Um, you know, the fact that he had some growing up to do when he came out of Ohio state is no secret. Um, you know, and I think it cost him early in his career, but uh, you know, it, it, like listening to the stories of how he had really started to become more of a professional and he got married during the off season last year and you know, he's taking these steps and and there was really a lot of hope around him that like, that potential that everybody saw, you know, in 2000 and uh, 2018 um, during that breakout season at Ohio state, maybe he was going to be able to deliver on that potential. And maybe he'd really be able to go into Pittsburgh and compete with Mitch Trubisky um, for playing time. And so, you know, like I just, it was just this great sadness that like, you know, he had turned that corner, but more than anything else, I think it's just the person he was. And, and I think like, even like, like, again, like a lot of us, like, again, he had that growing up to do when he was in his 20s, but he always had a big heart. And I think, like, anybody who'd ever talked with him, anybody who's ever spent five minutes with him, could see that he had a million dollar smile. Um, he was great. You know, if you talk to the coaches Ohio at State, Ohio State, they'll always talk about how he was around their kids um, and the way he could light up a room and just what sort of personality he had. And so, um, you know, it's really it's just a horrible shame that we won't get to see where Dwayne Haskins was going to take, you know, his life. Um, and it's just, I don't know, just profound sadness from the people that were around him, you know, and, um, it's, uh, you know, anytime somebody that age obviously passes away, it's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people to deal with. But, you know, I think in this case, like you just, you saw a kid who had so much good in him and was sort of kind of finding his way. And, and this happens, it's just tragic.
0: Never met him, Albert. Don't know much about him other than it seems like everyone genuinely really liked him. Yeah. Um, You know, always had a smile on his face, upbeat, happy. I mean, he had one of the greatest college football seasons ever. And as a one-year starter, it's kind of remarkable. The only um, sort of negative, and, and you've said growing up to do a couple times, Was that he was a little bit immature, which I kind of feel like a lot of 21, 22, 23 year olds are, you know, it's it's the guys that are very mature at those at that age that they're almost the outliers. The rarities.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I think it gets magnified when you're a quarterback, you know, because so much is expected of you right away. Um, And you know, I I think it's easy to overlook like just how great that one year was. He transformed Ohio state, you know, like Ohio state was not a hotbed for quarterbacks. He goes and throws 50 touchdown passes. I mean, he had a hand in Justin Fields winding up there and you know, now like you look at the pipeline that they've been able to build where it's five star after five star. I mean, that was Dwayne Haskins that sort of created that for Ryan day, you know? And so, Um, You know, I think it was sort of like, you know, his story at Ohio State was interesting because it went from, you know, being the backup that everybody was intrigued by to being this like instant superstar who all of a sudden has you know, had a national name, Heisman finalist, first round pick. And, you know, like then, you know, he just sort of gets thrown into a situation where he's going back home to where he grew up. Um, And I think we all know, like, you know, the issues the Washington organizations had. Um, you know, he's gets thrown into that situation, which probably wasn't an ideal one. Um, you know, not that it wasn't, you know, some of it wasn't his fault, but like not that it was not an ideal one um for a young quarterback to go into. And, you know, again, like I think it took him time, maybe more time than others, but took him time to 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 learn how to be a pro. And um, you know, I think that's that's one of the things that people noticed again, like since he got to Pittsburgh. I think Mike Tomlin had an effect on him. I think, you know. Watching an accomplished veteran like Ben Roethlisberger had an effect on him, and um, you know, even like you know, like where he was at the end, like he was in Florida working with his teammates. My understanding is like Mr. Trubisky had had the guys down to to get some work in, and so like that's sort of the that was that was that was why he was down there, and that was where he was working. And so, um, yeah, again, I mean, it's like a lot of us. Like, I, I mean, I know when I was that age, I had a ton of growing up to do. I think most people do. And, um, you know, it's a shame, again, to see the a kid who was doing that growing up have it cut short this way.
0: Speaking of Florida, Albert, uh, you wrote this past week about the timing of when Arians knew that he was going to mm-hmm. retire. I think everyone's kind of curious about Albert. Maybe I'll call it the chicken and the egg, right? Yeah. Like. Did did Brady know Arians was retiring Mm -hmm. before he said he was coming back? Because if not, you'd think Brady would be pretty frustrated that he said he'd come back and then the head coach leaves. So did Brady already know? Arians says he didn't decide until he knew Brady was going to come back. Were these discussions sort of all uh, discussed together? I think everyone's genuinely curious regarding the timing of who knew what when
2: it's so weird because you know i was at the breakers for the owners meetings and um you know i saw ba at the bar and i went to i went to get lunch and he was eating lunch on the other end of the bar and i went to say hello and you know we we made small talk for 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever and um you know like my takeaway from like talking with him and, you know, just kind of BSing was like, he seemed like he was really at peace. I had no idea like that he was going to, that, 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 that night he was going to, he was going to fly back to Tampa and, um, you know, by, you know, within 48 hours, he wouldn't be the head coach anymore. Um, you know, I, I do know this, like having talked to Jason light about it, um, and having talked to Todd Bowles about it and kind of how the process worked. Um, you know, Bruce had sort of confided in, in in Jason, and they had these dinners on Friday nights. And he'd sort of confided in Jason that, like, like he didn't he had real had real thoughts about walking away, but he didn't want to hand a the sort of situation that you would have to the 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 sort of situation where you'd be like completely rebuilding something over to Todd Bowles because he knows you know like what that would look like, and you know, going from the success they've had the last couple of years to having um to to having you know maybe a six or seven win season with blaine gabbert at quarterback instead of tom brady like he didn't want to put todd bowles in that situation and so as the discussions between light and and arian started to you know kind of evolved you know brady decides he's gonna come back and uh, you know at that point you know a couple days after day after a couple days a day after maybe that maybe that tuesday that monday or tuesday um you know bruce went into jason's office and said i think this is it i think this is what i gotta do and look i don't know for sure i i don't know what what tom brady said to um, the glazers when he was over in england right like i don't know what that would happen in that conversation you've been around brady though i don't think it's his nature to go in and deliver some sort of ultimatum to an owner you know like i don't like now would he be honest yeah i think he'd be honest but i don't don't think he would go in there and say it's me or him like i just don't think that's brady's makeup to do that that's never been the way he is um and so do i think it's possible that bruce maybe saw the writing on the wall and knew because there was tension last year that maybe the best thing was to hand it over to todd sure do I think there was an acknowledgement in the organization that maybe Bowles because of his Bill Parcells background lined up philosophically with Tom a little bit better than Bruce might've. I think that's possible too. Um, But I just, it's, it's knowing what I know about Tom, it's just hard for me to envision a scenario where he's going in there and laying down the sword and saying to, to, to Joel Glazer or any of the Glazers, look, like I'm not going to I I'm, I want to come back but I can't come back as long as Bruce is the coach. I don't think that that occurred. As much as it might seem like it did based on the timing of everything.
0: Yeah, I guess I in my head what seems most logical is that they all kind of talked. Yeah. And they all were on the same page that if Tom came back, Bruce would eventually retire. I I don't really I find it hard to believe that Brady would say he's coming back, and then Aaron's would retire, and Brady had no inkling of that. That that does
2: not seem that likely right. to me. Um, it seems. to And me again, like Brady I, I don't know some like, knowledge. I, and I don't know. I mean, like I, I don't know what happened in the conversation over in Manchester. Like I said, that could have been part of the conversation with the Glazers, um, and maybe the Glazers knew something. But you know, as it was explained to me like Bruce really delivered the news and saw an opportunity there, delivered the news to Jason. I think Jason had an idea like it could be on the table.
0: Got it. Well, we didn't think Deshaun Watson and the Browns would be on the table. It's been a couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. but I know you did some digging there as well, Albert, in terms of how the Browns got back in this thing, I mean, how, how the Browns were able to get Deshaun yeah. Watson when they were – Seemingly the first team eliminated, which I think is always a little bit interesting and weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you feel if you're a Browns fan on two levels? One, you know, the the lawsuits against Deshaun Watts. The other one, it's like he didn't
2: want to go there. You yeah. know, but I I think it's pro sports and they got him. I think there are two like I, I think like there are, there are two factors. Number one, like the contract, obviously. Like that I think when the Browns saw the opening like seeing the opening there, like made them, all right, like we've already kind of crossed the Rubicon when it comes to Baker Mayfield. So we got to come strong and we got to find a way to close this out. But I do think there was a football element about of of this. And I, and I have, you know, I mean, like, I, I think Deshaun was being forthright at least with some of that where, you know, like my understanding was early in the process because of everything over the last couple of years, Deshaun and the people around him were prioritizing, like, what's going to be the most comfortable thing for me to reenter the league? Like, what's going to be the most comfortable place for me to reenter the league? And I don't think it was any mistake that the places that he was – like, the places he looked at were all in the South, right? Like, played high school football in Georgia, played college football in South Carolina, played pro football in Texas. And, you know, you look at the three teams that were sitting there after the Browns were eliminated – Carolina four hours from where he grew up Atlanta near his hometown and New Orleans also in the south um and you know my understanding is like when he went to bed on Thursday night because at that point like they'd already sort of started to talk about the contract with these teams and it became clear that new money and new guarantees were going to be part of whatever the arrangement was like Deshaun was thinking these are the three teams when he woke up next morning I don't know that he was completely comfortable with any of the three and it sounded like like the, the the way it was explained to me is sort of like are there football reasons why i'm doing this are there football reasons why i'm going why i want to go to atlanta are there football reasons why i want to go to new orleans are there football reasons why i want to go to the panthers and i mean like it sounded like he had this moment of clarity where it was cleveland is the best football situation and the Browns, obviously seeing that opening, and once they got that phone call, I like that that it'd even be a possibility that he'd want to go to Cleveland, you know, came through with an enormous contract, an unprecedented contract to drive it home, so the contract was a factor, but I don't think it was the only factor. I do think that from a football standpoint, he looked at where the Browns are, and you can look at their roster versus the other three and their cap situation versus the other three, and you can see where the roster that Cleveland's built has made it so like that's a pretty optimal situation for a franchise quarterback to step into
0: you think that he just changed contracts forever Andrew I mean I mean Andrew Albert do you think that Andrew
2: is the expert on this stuff right yeah (laughs) I know but you're in it too do you think Um, that this is going to become the new standard no, I mean, I, I think it sort of depends on what happens with with Russell Wilson, with Lamar Jackson, with Joe Burrow, with Trevor, with um, with uh, Justin Herbert, um, you know, really, I, and I can remember going through this with you know during the Kirk Cousins situation four years ago, and I remember talking to somebody, and I and I can't remember who it was. It was I think it was somebody with a team, a cap guy with a team, and I remember asking. Like, what do you think happens here? Do you think that this changes the way quarterback contracts are forever? And he said, it really just depends on what happens with the next three or four contracts. And sure enough, Matt Ryan did a contract, was a great contract with the Falcons, right? Like, we've seen how good that contract was, but it was sort of a conventional structure. He got guarantees into the fourth year, which was groundbreaking, but they had the non-guaranteed years on the end. Aaron Rodgers does a contract, Jared Goff does a contract, Carson Wentz does a contract, and Russell Wilson does a contract. All those contracts had traditional guarantee structures. And so it's a long way of saying this is going to kind of come down to what sort of contract does Lamar Jackson sign? Is Lamar Jackson willing to put himself out there and say, no, I'm not signing anything that isn't fully guaranteed? Is Russell Wilson willing to do that when Denver comes to the table? And that might not be till next year. But when when Denver comes to the table, is he is he able to? Is he going to say, "I've been looking for a baseball contract for all of these years. Now there's one out there, so I'm not going to take anything less than that"? Or Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert willing to do that when they're eligible for deals next year? So I think this is all going to sort of hinge on whether or not other players are willing to push the envelope and take a stand and you know this is like how it works in baseball too right ross like you know about this like they all sort of i mean they, they they've all got this kind of like thing about them where it's like how i do my contracts going to affect the way the next guy does his contract so i got to be a tough guy at the bargaining table that's the sort of thing that's going to have to happen here i think for it to become a standard and for it to become the way business is done going forward what should we be looking for in tomorrow's mmqb albert so we have a pretty extensive look at how the Denver Broncos are going to set up their offseason program with Nathaniel Hackett and he's going to take us through how he and his staff have been building an offense for Russell Wilson um and kind of how the experience with Aaron Rodgers has informed the way that they're going to do it with Russell and also some interesting stuff on Hackett himself. I'm sure you've talked to him. He's a really interesting dude and um so there'll be some stuff on how his experience as a hip hop dance teacher and his experience as a now, did you know that? Do you know what forensics is? Not like the science. Do you know what forensics is? For football? No, 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 no. For, like did, it, forensics it is, for
0: like crimes?
2: No, no, no. Like, and that's what I thought too. Forensics is actually also co- competitive acting. Did you know that you could letter in that? No. Okay, so Nathaniel Hackett is actually a four-time varsity letterman in forensics, com- in competitive acting. And so we were talking about how ready he is to stand in front of the team for the first time. And uh, he said to me, he's like, I've never been scared of any of that. And the reason why is because he has done things like lettering in forensics in high school and like teaching hip hop dance when he was in college. So no stage fright for him. Tomorrow's no big deal. He's ready to attack all of that because he has all this weird experience in his background. And, uh, yeah, more than ready to get to work with Russell Wilson after uh, three years working with Aaron Rodgers.
0: That is amazing. Check him out on social media, at Albert Breer. Can't wait to read it. Thank you, Albert. Thanks, Ross. And thank all of you that realize how important skincare is. Look, if you think just washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel you've been using since high school, give me a break, dudes. I mean thanks to lumen you can drop that bottle of three in one and start using products to actually take care of your skin so i'm using lumen now i get the highest quality products whether it's for the under eye dark circles wrinkles sun damage whatever starting is crazy easy you take a two-minute quiz on their website they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs all their products Come with instructions. So it's extremely easy. will help protect your skin from potential damage or future acne. Plus, all their products are made only using natural ingredients that actually work. Like licorice root extract, rose flower oil, charcoal powder. Look, uh, skincare should not be that complicated. That we, like, dread doing it. And for me, it's less than 90 seconds out of my day. That's what I like crazy easy to use level up your skincare game with lumen skin today go to lumenskin.com slash ross to get your free trial of lumens products that's l-u-m-i-n skin.com slash ross to get your free trial of lumens products lumenskin.com slash ross
1: Hey Ross, well we have to start, I know you and Albert already touched on it, but uh, your thoughts on the very sad news, Dwayne Haskins uh, dies after being hit by a, what what would we say, a truck yesterday in South Florida at the age of 24. Awful, Um,
0: you know, it's so interesting, Brian, I look at things so differently now, you know, for so many years I would have thought, gosh, he's a player just like me or he's he's around my age. Now I almost look at it like I, you think about your own kids. You know, I'm at the age now, I'm 43, I could be Dwayne's dad. And I just, my heart hurts so much for his wife and his parents. And, you know, he made it. He made it. You know, he had a great career at Ohio State. First round pick in the NFL. Was making a bunch of money. You know, obviously he was getting the minimum from the Steelers, but he had put away a lot of money. He's 24 and should have been in the prime of his life in terms of enjoying life. And it, it hurts my heart.
1: Ducks takes. Moving on, let's talk about Debo Samuel. Uh, Removed the 49ers from all of his social media profiles
0: is this going to be like an all the time thing now? I mean, it's just kind of annoying. It's like, I guess he wants a contract from them. I don't blame him for wanting a contract. I guess this is a way to express displeasure, but it just strikes me as sort of immature, right? Like, and maybe it's leverage and maybe it works. I, I don't know. But, it just seems to me like, can't your agent just tell the team that the offer is not good enough? It's Or you want a better offer, you want an offer now, or it's disrespectful, or whatever whatever it is. I You know, this removing from social media profiles, it feels immature to me. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. Who knows? Maybe I'm just not cool. I don't know, but... I don't know, it kind of feels immature, like I said. I don't blame him at all for wanting to get a new contract. I think he absolutely deserves it. I don't have any problem with players holding out. I, I really don't have any problem with it, players doing anything, whatever they think it takes to get a new deal. Just the social media scrubbing. It just seems like, but then how do you take them away and then put them all back? Like they, He deleted like 64 of 180 pictures. I, I don't know.
1: Takes. Let's uh, talk about some of the moves that have happened since we last spoke. Bears signed tight end Ryan Griffin. Browns signed quarterback Josh Dobbs and safety Ronnie Harrison. Eagles, Inc. Olympic hurdler Devin Allen. Uh, d Lyman, Calais Campbell back with Baltimore Ravens on a two-year deal, $12.5 million. And safety Rodney McLeod signs with Indianapolis.
0: So I think the Jets had just cut Griffin. He's a solid backup tight end. Dobbs, the Browns want a a third-string quarterback they feel good about because, remember, I'm sure they expect Deshaun Watson to get suspended, so they want to make sure that they've got a guy in that role that can back up Jacoby Brissett because what if Brissett gets hurt? You know, you can't just get these type of quarterbacks – at LinkedIn like you guys can get your jobs just by creating a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then you just add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire I love the simple tools like the screening questions, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free terms and conditions. Apply. Uh, That makes sense to me to bring in Dobbs. Harrison's back. Devin Allen was like a two-time Olympic hurdler. That's interesting that the Eagles signed him. He ran an unbelievable 40 time at the Oregon Pro Day. Calais Campbell's going to play forever. And I'm a big fan of Rodney McLeod, both personally and professionally. I know Frank Reich knows him and likes him. I think that's a good signing for the Colts. He's not what he used to be. But I think he's a very solid veteran to have on the back end. Shout outs are in order for Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Steakhouse steakhousesports.com, go-bangles.com, and evergreen economics. Check out me and Emery talking O-line on tomorrow morning's college draft podcast. Hopefully you're watching all those episodes. Other than that, I think we're done here.